we got to get better and smarter at truly collaborating with the other cities, north and south, I think, as well as as uh, as the <coughs> the smaller communities. Welcome to Smart in the City, the Bobble podcast. I am your host, Tamlin Shimizu, and really at Bobble, we aim to connect the players in the smart city industry with high quality information and ideas through our platform and services. This podcast is really an extension of this goal and mission to drive the change for a better urban life. Before we get started, I wanted to inform all you lovely listeners about a great opportunity. Babel has extended the deadline for the Innovation Market Watch for 2023. So top smart city companies are invited to apply before the 30th of September, and it's completely free. So just follow the link in the show notes. So today we are kicking off a very special series and a series that I'm personally yeah, quite excited for. Um, and it is a series in collaboration with Smart Dublin, uh, featuring and digging into some of the most unique aspects of the Dublin ecosystem and what makes Smart Dublin really a strong example at the forefront of smart cities in Europe and beyond. So with me today, I have an extra special guest, Alan Murphy, who is the Smart Dublin Regional Manager. Welcome, Alan. Hey, good morning. Hi, Tamlin. Hi, nice to have you here. Um, yeah, it's really a pleasure to do this uh, collaboration with you. And I'm excited to dig in a bit deeper into yeah, what makes Smart Dublin click. So um, yeah, so I'll start us off with just a little teaser to get us warmed up until and then we'll dig in a bit deeper. Um, and the teaser is, if Dublin were an animal... <sighs> What would it be? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) If Dublin was an animal, what would it be? Um, Well, it can't be a tiger because once upon a time we had the Celtic tiger in Ireland. And and I don't know if it went went too good. Um, Gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with a dog because the dog's got personality. So, um, yeah, let's say Dublin would be a nice, nice, cuddly dog. That would be loyal and uh, great to hang around with. Yeah, let's go with that. Ah, that's nice. Um, as a personal dog owner and dog lover myself, I like that answer. So uh, <laughs> thanks for appeasing our little uh, uh, teasers. And now we will really dig in a bit deeper. Um, so to give also our listeners a bit more context about what Smart Dublin is, you know, some information, and then I'll ask you a bit more to um, tell us from your words. So Smart Dublin was founded in 2016 as an initiative of the four Dublin local authorities that bring together industry, academia, and citizens to transform public services and enhance the quality of life for citizens. Their goal is to help future-proof the Dublin region by trialing and scaling innovative technology-based solutions to a wide range of local challenges. Across the four DLAs, the Dublin local authorities, uh, emerging technologies are being explored within our por- their portfolio of smart projects. Um, Alan, do you have something to briefly add here? Um, what do you think is Smart Dublin at its core? 
gosh, I mean, you, you've you've <laughs> you've stolen my thunder. You you you've summarized our, our world uh, perfectly. Thank you for that. I, I must uh, get a, get a recording of this um, to to reuse elsewhere. Uh, yeah. So I mean, at its at its core and the uh, the sweet spot of Smart Dublin, and yeah, and you touched on it. You used the word collaboration. It's a collaboration network across the the four Dublin local authorities, but working with many other uh, local stakeholders. So, so at its core, it's about relationships and ecosystem bringing together different actors to solve complex urban challenges. That's what we do. We're kind of the um, kind of the innovation broker that that brings relevant people together to tackle problems. Uh, we hope for for the better of society. Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually one of my favorite topics to really dig into is, you know, like PPP, these public-private partnerships, how do we, you know, collaborate more to get more done for the citizens? So I think uh, Smart Dublin has really encapsulated that those thoughts. So um, so to you also, what do you think is a... So we usually ask our guests, by the way, what's a smart city? Yeah. But I was wondering what your thoughts were on what is a smart region, Really, so you really uh, work for the region. How does those challenges and differences um, work? Yeah. Okay. So uh, a region versus a community versus a city. You know, and, and trying to make all of those things smart. I suppose <clears throat> when it comes to the greater Dublin area or the Dublin region, we've got a mix of proper urban activity at the city center so it's a capital city um but then you know with with the uh the urban development that we have in ireland and specifically in dublin we have a lot of suburbia sort of urban sprawl sort of feeding away from the city center and then beyond that we're we're actually into quite rural country rural territory quite quickly uh, with, with small villages and small communities so there's different characteristics of neighborhoods at play that make up the, the Dublin region. So <clears throat> um, we're very mindful that some of our solutions and projects are quite specific to the city center activity and others need to be mindful of more regional, even slash uh, rural uh, communities. So um, we're trying to make them all smart. They all have their different challenges. Um, I, I suppose looking across the, the kind of technology that, that we would test and trial, there's there's something that the, the principles of a lot of what we do, I, I think, can be applied at a very hyper-local level in a rural community, almost as equal as, as de deploying the same kind of technology in a proper, full-blown urban environment. So uh, the, the Dublin region has all those different characteristics and we try to cater for those different kinds of kinds of neighborhoods yeah 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 i think um a big challenge i i would assume it's also quite a challenge more coordination you have to bring in more stakeholders you have to coordinate across all these different local authorities as well how do you tackle that challenge uh yeah um <clears throat> i suppose on a case by case basis that the first rule of thumb, and this applies to any program or any project you're doing, not just the smart city space, 
you, you do a bit of a stakeholder map as to who should be involved in this project or who might derive value from um, the project that we're about to kick off. So um, based on that kind of mapping exercise, it'll become clear quite quickly, very early on as to, you know, do do we need that kind of rural voice uh, as part of the conversation? Or is this just a, a very city center focused conversation? Um, is, is suburbia affected by this? Um, you know, what stakeholders from, from that kind of, those kind of neighborhoods might need to be involved. So it's, it's kind of through that kind of stakeholder mapping, we figure out who needs to be involved. Um, and when I say stakeholders, like I, I work with the four Dublin councils. Uh, so we might have a project that just involves one of those councils because they have a specific situation in in their jurisdiction um we we have working groups regional working groups um where all four councils are representative uh on the topic of mobility in particular which which i i seem to be <laughs> more involved in than than others because residents and citizens don't recognize council boundaries when they move around the dublin region when we talk about truly transformational projects in the mobility space, trying to get people to use more active travel, trying to transition people to electric vehicles, trying to promote mass transit with other micro-mobility schemes. Like that's a proper regional discussion. Um, yeah. It's not just for one council. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, how, how, do we, how do we make sure we get everybody involved? It, it's that kind of a stakeholder mapping. And um, if we get it right... If you get that right, then you're, you're onto a onto a good start. And, and sometimes it can happen that we, we start a project small, knowing that if we test something for six months or a year, we can scale up and then involve other stakeholders to roll it out across the region, for example. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super important. We we worked some with um your neighbors, uh, ish neighbors ish um in Belfast. Oh yeah. Um and we did a lot of this, you know, stakeholder engagement, stakeholder mapping and it's incredible when you sit down and you look at the map how many stakeholders there are, right? Um but it's so important to involve uh, so many of these stakeholders too. So Yeah. Um so yeah. I was just going to add to that. Yeah, so like the the breadth of what we do is is a sort of a reflection of the breadth of the services that your local council does. Um, so those those services range from things like social housing to traffic management to waste management to environmental controls like air quality, noise pollution. The list goes on. Okay, so <clears throat> if every one of those services is is a business process. It, it, in old school consulting language, um, every one of those is ripe for some sort of technology innovation, okay, in, in whatever shape or form that technology might come. Um, so when we talk about stakeholder mapping, like each of those areas, there's dom- domain expertise that we need to tap into. So the, the projects and stakeholder map for social housing are completely different to the stakeholder mapping around air quality or sustainable yeah. mobility or waste management. So the, <laughs> the people and the actors and the, the stakeholder maps that we create per project, as you say, it, it, it's a large number of 
individual people and organizations. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Um, and so talking about this, I think also leads naturally into talking about really the Dublin ecosystem, right? Um, so you've told me previously also in our, in our previous conversation that it's, it's quite unique in Dublin. Um, so what really makes it unique? Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, Probably on every podcast, the, the the phrase the quadruple helix gets mentioned. So let, let's let's <laughs> let's throw it in again, okay? Um, so what what is that? It, it's government, industry, academia, and citizens, right? Um, <clears throat> what? But Dublin is is a capital city. Let let's start there. So we have some some significant advantages advantages of being a capital city because central government rep. rep reps from different departments are here they're and dublin's not that big for example um i think it's 1.25 million is the population approximately so we have we have the the government power brokers quite close by so so that's a that's a huge advantage for us at smart dublin the local government uh voice in all of this conversation um industry we're we're doing pretty well tech sector wise from from startups all the way through to some significant global brands. Um, academia, there's been huge investment in the smart city space. We have um, the Science Foundation Ireland has has a number of research centres. One in particular um, is looking at the smart city space, <clears throat> uh, and they they work with us on projects and identify research opportunities for them to. To, to get involved in and of course citizens you know i think dublin citizens have have high expectations as to how the the, the city and region should be run they're pretty digital savvy um and some of the projects we've done that where we were looking for their engagement they, they've been responsive so a lot of positives acro across the quad helix um and then also i i've heard this term used before uh, dublin is kind of the goldilocks size capital city it's it's not too big uh, and it's not too small yeah. so when we're in particular working with industry to test and trial solutions and one of the benefits that industry get out of working with the councils is they get a reference city for their solution to say hey we've done this in dublin and off they go to, to other cities with that kind of powerful reference you know from a capital city in western europe so um <clears throat> Yeah, there's there there there's a lot of positives across the different uh, aspects of the quad helix, um, and like I said, our role is kind of to to bring those relevant people together on a project by project basis. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So when you're working within this kind of quad helix partnership, uh, what piece of advice would you give to others? Yeah. Yeah. I, I again, I'll go old school on this when it comes to program management, project management, one-on-one, -on -one, just build relationships, you know. And um, <clears throat> I, again, I think we're lucky in Dublin. It's not too big, you know. I and we uh, on the team here, we've built personal relationships with key stakeholders from other public sector bodies. So that really helps when we want to do the next project in that particular domain. We've built relationships with with industry, be it SMEs or, or or some of the big tech companies, and again, 
the door is then left open for the next opportunity. So, yeah, just just, just build relationships um, and deliver. Of course, <laughs> you know you you, you got to you got to deliver on a on a particular project because uh, otherwise that stakeholder might kind of go, well, didn't really work out the first time. So I'm not sure about doing the second project with you guys. But I think over the last five or six years, Smart Dublin has has demonstrated its value. Um, we have a significant portfolio um, going on. We, we published a, a report last year, our program highlights, 2021. Uh, it's on our website uh, and it gives... In one in a one sort of stop sort of document, it gives the reader a good uh, overview as to the breadth of our program and all the different actors we we work with. Um, so yeah, bit of a long winded answer to your question, but it's all about people and relationships. No, it's it's yeah. good. Um, yeah, it's it's my job to make sure that you you talk a lot. So um, they, they, <laughs> okay. our listeners hear my voice enough. So uh, you're the interesting one. So that's good. Um, so yeah, you mentioned your program highlights. Um, you know, I don't like to uh, pick favorites around here, but uh, if you had to pick a favorite project or something along those lines, what would be your favorite highlight? Yeah, okay. Um, I, I, I'll go with the, a project we did in the um, in the homelessness space um, last year. Um, so one of the functions um, uh, within the councils is to provide emergency accommodation uh, to homeless people in the Dublin region. And we have an outreach team um, it, it's it's a third party. It's an outreach team that go around the city to try and engage with homeless people and persuade them to take up emergency accommodation, which is typically a hostel, for example. Um, so that process, uh, before we got involved in doing this project, was, uh, you know, walking around a certain schedule to probably well-known spots as to where... There might be a, a homeless person. Um, the project we, we did, <clears throat> working with the uh, the function within the council that that provides the emergency accommodation, was to provide a, a design from scratch, uh, an app that the that the public could engage with us in. And basically, what the app, which is available to download right now on Google or, or Apple is to allow a member of the public just drop a pin as to where they've seen a homeless person. And that alert goes to this outreach team uh, who can then go or get to that location quicker than previously. So <clears throat> I think looking at the the, the metrics just uh, earlier on this week, we're up to about close, we're almost close to a thousand alerts that we've received from wow. the gen general public over the course of the last year, COVID interrupted this because there just wasn't that amount of people out on the streets uh, as we are sort of seeing now. Um, but a, a fantastic demonstration, back to my point of citizens engaging with, with some of the work we're, we're doing to improve an existing service so that we can, the outreach team can try and get that person into emergency accommodation quicker than uh, previously. So, uh, a, in terms of complexity, not very complex um, in, in terms of technology involved, et cetera. 
but just just a little bit of a game changer to to help um, vulnerable people. So yeah, really happy with that project. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was a great example, and thanks so much for sharing that. Um, so I've heard, um, you know, around LinkedIn, I've seen a few, just a few posts <laughs> that um, you know, Dublin has been chosen as has been one of the chosen hundred for the EU mission for climate neutral and smart cities. So, what does that mean moving forward for Smart Dublin? Uh, how will you, yeah, proceed with that? Yeah, I mean, it's just a recent announcement. <clears throat> so what does that mean? Well, what, what it means is that there's, that there's going to be, I think they call it a climate city contract, is it, going to be signed between each of those 100 cities and the EU mission. So the EU mission title is Climate Neutral and, and Smart Cities. Um, so so this is a move that that's very officially joining the climate change and smart city world. Now, we've kind of seen opportunities for the smart city and technology to add value to the climate change agenda. But here's a proper official statement coming from the EU that actually merged the two worlds together. Um, So for our program, I think it's a real signal that that a lot of our work should should feed into the climate change agenda, which I, I think in terms of us trying to explain what we do, it, it'll help us internally with, with some of our stakeholders, um, some of the service owners that manage the services that we're trying to uh, deliver in a better way. Um, I think that the climate change agenda is it's definitely in the in the top five, if, if if not the number one item on the chief executives of the local council's uh, agenda across across Dublin. So, for for our own value proposition to be seen to have clear alignment with with the climate change agenda, I think I think that that helps our the communication of our work. I think citizens will get it also as well. I think smart city programs kind of struggle with that a little bit. Um, not not just in Dublin, but across the world, and trying to articulate the value add and impact of their work. And here's an opportunity, I, I think, for us to to clearly align to the, the climate change agenda. So delighted to see Dublin, uh, as well as Cork, by the way, in Ireland also, uh, to be yeah, yeah. to be chosen. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I think more alignment to the climate change agenda for us. Yeah. Yeah, exciting things. I'll be looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. Um, and now I can really open the floor to you. If you need um, two minutes or so, If uh, <laughs> what is something that you really want people to know about Smart Dublin as a whole or anything that we miss touching on? I know the episodes are short, so um, there's probably you could probably talk for days about this <laughs> stuff. But um, if you want to talk about anything else, the floor is yours. Uh, gosh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's been like the teaser questions at the start. You're like, you're just (laughs) totally putting me on the spot here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's conversations afoot here in Ireland for the cities, as well as to, to go back to your point about making, um, rural communities smart or even regional towns smart. I, I, I think, I think there's a fantastic opportunity for Ireland because we're not we're not that big. The Republic of Ireland is only five million people. You mentioned Belfast, so north and south, 
it's 1.5 million plus 5 million, you know. We're, we're not, you're coming from Stuttgart. We're not in the, the Germany scale of things. But so it's I think it's a huge opportunity for all the cities and smart places, smart communities in Ireland to collaborate better together. So we've talked about collaboration in the Dublin region only. We got to get better and smarter at truly collaborating with the other cities, north and south, I think, as well as as uh, as the the smaller communities. Um, and th- th- it's not that Dublin is doing everything and nobody else is doing anything. We know that there's some amazing projects um, happening across the country, and we'd love to learn from them as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's something I, I, I'd love to see is true collaboration within the smart city space uh, across the island of Ireland. Yeah, Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I think where we're really at with smart cities, you know, not too many years ago, we were just looking at the big cities, maybe like Dublin, but now we can really start looking at smart towns and how do we incorporate them into the regional scope of things. And it's a really exciting time, I think, also um, on what we can learn from each other and yeah, um, that's really good. Uh, so um, also based off of learnings, um, I also want to now lead into our last segment, which is called Trial and Error. Trial and Error. What went wrong? What mistakes were made along the way? And more importantly, what lessons were learned? Can you think of anything? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we, I, I can, I can go with something here. Um, so, in terms of where things might have might have gone wrong, and I don't know, if, is there anything wrong in in when you're trialing and testing emerging technology? Arguably. All of it is good because everybody learns the process of innovation, and we learn if, if stuff actually does what the brochure says um, or not. <clears throat> I, I would say sometimes um, we haven't brought the ser- the internal service owners with us on on the journey of of that trial of a particular technology. Um, mm-hmm. And what what that means is that, <clears throat> or, or they didn't have enough skin in the game, if you like. They, they they kind of felt okay. Well, they've been involved in the project. They were part of our initial stakeholder map, and the smart Dublin guys went off and kind of did the project. But and then we come back to them and say, well, hey, it actually worked. And are you ready to kind of scale this up or or move it into mainstream activities? And I, I think we missed a trick that if it. If you don't bring them on the journey and the experience, sometimes the roller coaster ride of of doing some of these projects, and you just kind of come back to them at the end of the project and of the trial and say, "Hey, look, now this thing is is ready for you to consider," you've kind of missed a trick because they haven't been with you on that on that journey. So again, it's 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 more of a a process. Uh, working with stakeholders, lessons learned that 
if one of the aspirations of what we do here in trialing <clears throat> some of the some of the solutions is to mainstream a bit like the Rust Sleeper Alert app I mentioned that it, it's now part of the mainstream workflow of that team. If that's one of well, I think it should be one of our, our main success criteria, then we have to have the internal stakeholders, the service owners, the guys who who, who run these services, um, the ladies and gentlemen, not just guys, um, involved all the way through the project, you know. Uh, so so at, when, when the conversation about shall we scale this up or shall we continue with this, they're already on board, you know, that we don't have to yeah. sell it back to them, if you like, you know, yeah. So co-creation at its core. There, um, there we go. Yeah. 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 Bring them on the journey. That's it. <laughs> Sounds good. And now I just have to ask you one, really one final question. And that's a question that we ask every single guest. And it is uh, to you, what is a smart city? <clears throat> what is a smart city to me? Okay. Um, I, I think it's, it's about intelligence. Um, where city functions are services or functions within a certain geography so it doesn't have to be city so back to the point we're making about uh, rural communities and, and, and smaller towns the same principle applies that if there's intelligence being gathered through robust data to help make that place more efficient um yeah. and data can come in all shapes and forms, citizens can be can be really helpful to provide meaningful data into how administrations oversee uh, a certain jurisdiction. Um, and if that happens, then of course that administration has to demonstrate that they're trustworthy and transparent and all that stuff. So, <clears throat> I, I, I think a, a a smart place is a place that demonstrates that intelligence uh, back to its citizens in all shapes and forms when, when it's when it's doing a new project uh, in the public realm let's say that it's all based on evidence uh, and data wherever possible so it's 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 based on fact uh, and not perception i i think uh, if we get to that space that yeah cities and places are intelligent then everybody wins yeah. <laughs> sounds good um yeah thank you so much and on that note i just have to really thank you alan um and for for joining me today and yeah i'm excited to talk a lot about dublin in the coming episodes also in our mini series and to use smart dublin also is such a great case study um to when i speak to other cities as well and to all of our listeners, don't forget you can always create a free account on babble-smartcities.eu to find out more about smart city projects, solutions, implementations, and more. So thank you all. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next stop on the journey to a better urban life. Well, they, they do say that if you look at the map of our, you know, if you just look at the different angles, it looks like a, a small bear. So... Let's just say Ireland is a cuppy's home there. Good, good. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs>